You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been cleared for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where right now at checkout, if you use the promo code ALSFLIGHTDECK10, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com. Make sure you check out all the amazing CFL and all the sports merchandise that's there. And be sure to support local. Hey, have you missed any of the 200 plus episodes of the Alouette's Flight Tech Podcast? Well, you can always go back and listen to our archive. That's over at uh, alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, you can find us over on Twitter at alouettesfldeck. Facebook, you can catch us over by looking up uh, Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram, uh, which we are doing a few more lives this week. So we're getting getting into, you know, it's becoming a normal thing for Flight Deck Live. So you can check us out there by looking up Alouette's Flight Deck. And YouTube, where we keep all the archives, not only of the, of the podcast, but also of our lives too, depending on where we shoot them from. Uh, you can check us out at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And lastly... We want to thank everybody for making it a, a very special week for us, not only on the podcast, but also at the store uh, by making our Cartoon Bird 56 t-shirt uh, one of the top-selling t-shirts of all time on the store. You can head over to teespring.com slash store slash Al's Flight Deck. Check out all of our merch. And until June 16th, by using the code THANKYOU10, you can save 10% on the entire Flight Deck merch store. Episode, this is funny, episode 201. Kind of the, the ring, you know, but 200 was something special, wasn't it, before we get into the, into the actual meat of this episode. Hey, Cliff? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a, a bit of a two-for-one for you folks because, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to do, uh, obviously, the recap of the uh, Montreal Alouettes getting their first win of the season against the Ottawa Red Blacks last Saturday. But also, too, it kind of coincided with episode 200, and we wanted that to be a special episode all by itself. So we decided, okay, we're going to tape episode 200. Uh, we're bringing in a special guest. That's going to be a standalone episode, but we still got a recap to do. We still got to talk about what we saw at Personal Molson Stadium. So guess what, folks? Two for the price of one. So enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, um, you know, as I said, episode 200 with SJ Green, what an episode it was. Uh, we hope you do go back and listen to it. It is a longer format of an episode, uh, just like it was with uh, um you know some of our other episodes and stuff like that so i mean it's it's again it's about two hours but again if if, if you enjoy the the long format kevin glenn episode you'll like this one too because there's a lot of information out there so yeah and we, we've been very happy and very privileged as well to be able to bring you folks some of these great interviews and yeah well if, if it's a, a guest that we feel truly deserves 
that extra bit of time. We're going to give them the extra bit of time. We're going to give them a chance to tell their story. And that's what it was. We wanted to give SJ the opportunity to tell his side of things about you know his playing career, uh, not just in Montreal, but in Toronto as well. And just getting to you know, hear from him again was absolutely sensational, and uh, we're, we're we're very privileged to be able to bring that to you, great listeners. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, please by all means go check it out. It's on YouTube now as well, if I'm not mistaken. So yep, yep, make sure you check that out. Uh, I mean, you, it's a bye week now for the Alouettes, so you've got the time. So by all means, you know, have a listen. Exactly. So, uh, episode 201, buddy, it's, uh, the Alouettes are back at home. It's a regular season game. Uh, a lot of hype going into this game itself. Um, you know, I guess what we could say is now our natural rival of being, you know, which it has been really in the history of the Alouettes franchise, you know, with the, the team out of Ottawa. Um, a brand new team, essentially. And we didn't really know what to expect, but the... the uh, the ownership group really made, uh, really put their best foot forward, and uh, uh, it was one hell of an atmosphere, a very playoff-like atmosphere. Um, but it's the game was just, you know, when, obviously it's better because they won. But I mean, it, it, overall though, it was just just a fantastic, fantastic time. Yeah, I, I mean, even just before the game, with the concert by uh, Franz Damour and Der Freres, the, I had to laugh, Tim. Like I was at the tailgate, and the lineup just to get into the stadium from the uh, on, on the uh, east side, the, the lineup stretched out. Like, like I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say the lineup was a good several hundred feet long. It felt like I, and I don't know if it's just a matter of just you know trying to corral everybody in so they can get in and see the show, but holy crap! Like this was something. This was something to see. Like wow, people are really really wanting to see this show like people are, are just so excited to get into personal Molson stadium and start to take in what truly had become an event not just a football game but a true event from start to finish was it um was it because it was a, a combination of people getting into the stadium because i know that if you wanted to go on the field um to see olp at halftime you had to get your your bracelets also but was it a combination of that or, or was it just in, in general just a, a a multitude of people I, I mean perhaps it really truly was just a multitude of people but i mean it's it's still the 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 optics if you will of seeing like a, a really really long line just to get in and maybe it was just the way that things were set up initially uh but still i mean it, it looks good. I mean, in the idea, in the sense that, what's everybody here for? Yeah. Oh, they're here for the Alouettes game. Oh, oh, wow! This looks like this, this is a hell of an event. It creates that that buzz, that sort of thinking, like, oh, maybe I should be here. Maybe I should, I should be checking this out. I mean, it was great to see, and of course, the tailgate's always fun as well. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it it bode extremely well. And then once you finally got into the stadium. And and just see like the the energy it was like nothing else like I, I just I felt like there's such a good positive buzz in the air like you could see like like people were excited like the concession stands were teeming with people yeah uh, yeah many people commented on that on social media yep yeah I, I mean to like yeah I know there's obviously a lot of complaints that people were having to wait extremely long times to just to get food or to buy uh, merchandise or what have you but I mean the, the fact that there were so many people that they were almost overwhelmed. To me, that's it, it, it's still very positive in a sense that there's obviously interest. Like people want to get their drink on, they want to get their eat on, they want to get mm-hmm. uh, merchandise. I, I mean, this is huge. I mean, like this to me, 
it was a, f- a feeling that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And I'm telling you, it. I don't know if you can necessarily say it's because of Pierre Carl Pelado and what he's put into making this particular home opener into an event unto itself. It was tremendous. Like you can definitely feel it in the air. Like there was definitely something. And I'm not the only person who has said that as well. Like a lot yeah. of people that I'd spoken to had said the exact same thing. Like there was palpable energy in the in the air. Like you could tell. People were here to have a good time. People were here to watch football. People were here to see what the hype was all about. And I would say, by and large, the Alouettes, they freaking nailed it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you keep talking about, you know, uh, what type of, you know, um, atmosphere it was, stuff like that, and and how just you can feel it in the air, stuff like that. As we were talking here, I don't know if you could hear it. You know, is it jokingly that you know, obviously, because we have the F the F-18s uh, buzz us. As we were talking, I, well, I just had a helicopter buzz the apartment, and it was loud. I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, from everything that we saw there. Um, it's a lot of the stuff we haven't tried yet. We're gonna want to try some of the new food stuff and like that. Uh, we've also we got to try the new Angry Beer, which yes. Capper tried the angry beer, and yes, Capper finished the angry beer because it was actually pretty good. That's uh, news in and of itself. Never mind, <laughs> Cap, never mind Capper trying the beer. That okay, you you tried the beer last year, and it was like I, I nope. You, you, you were not a fan of it. No, nope. but this year's beer, the Pilsner, the Angry Bird Pilsner, you you managed to drink the whole damn can, and I I, I was impressed. Yep. Like what? Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not like Cy- cider, like, cider capper here drinking a beer. Uh, like wow, am, am I in the upside down? Like this, <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. <laughs> but and I will say, folks, uh, yes. Once again, uh, it's uh, from the Archibald Microbrewery, and it really is just one of their other beers that they just slapped an Alouette sticker on. But you know what? It's still a damn good beer, mm-hmm. and. You can't get get any better than that. Now, I don't know if they sold all of them because they said they were doing a limited run, and I, I think it's kind of like what it was last year. Was once it's gone, it's gone. So yeah. if they didn't sell all of it for this first game, you may still be able to get some on the Canada Day game coming up. If you do, if if there's if it's still available, folks, I highly recommend that you go and try it because it is a very easy drinking, a, a real summer beer yeah, in the sense that yeah. easy drinking on a warm summer day. I'd actually go get it again. There you go. <laughs> Folks, if that's not a ringing endorsement, I don't know what is. Um, again, a lot of the food we want to try out again. Uh, by the way, you're talking about the, the atmosphere and stuff like that. It, it all goes for we got to see what's going to happen with, with uh, the July 1st game. This is that true, will be the gauge. In my opinion, that will be the gauge. Whether they are 2-0, and whether they are 1-1 and coming in. Uh, to the game, that will be the gauge itself. I mean, yes, there's a whole other thing with the the new third jerseys and you know and, and stuff like that, and, and it's family day, so five dollar tickets for kids. So, yeah, I, I, again, it's something that we'll have to we'll have to look we'll have to look at and see what the uh, how many tickets are sold. But but a lot of stuff that we haven't tried yet. Uh, but the stadium was just rocking, man. It really, really was. Um, I know you went to the tailgate prior. Um, what was it, what, what, uh, what happened? Can you give a, a sense of what everybody, what the, what's happening there? Yeah. Uh, uh, just once again, just that, that good buzz throughout and, you know, everybody was in great spirits. Uh, uh I will say though, that the, the tailgate, there was a, a bit of a tribute to the dearly departed Manon Calais, which I was very happy to see. 
you know, there's just a, a photo of him was uh, placed up on the wall for folks to sort of cheers with. You know, they take your your alcohol your your alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic beverage if you so choose, and just sort of cheers Manon Calais, which I thought was a, a really nice touch. Like uh, uh, I say, it, it was definitely weird not having him there at at the tailgate. You know, it's yeah, you know, we're still going to enjoy the tailgate. And believe me, that's what he would want to is that, you know, you go there, you have fun, you celebrate with everybody, win or lose. And I, I think it still makes for a great atmosphere. Definitely, folks, especially uh, from from out of town, if you're coming to Molson Stadium for the first time, you have to check out the tailgate 100%. It's not like you would expect an NFL tailgate to be, mm-hmm. but it really does have a charm unto itself. And it's definitely good times. You, you know, bring your own beer, bring your own food get to grill it up there and make new friends. It, it really is a fantastic atmosphere and just sets the table nicely for what should hopefully be a fantastic afternoon or evening of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, flyover was amazing. It, it, they jumped the gun a little bit. It's funny to say, I guess it's all about time. I can hear know what it is when it comes to the timing, when you're trying to do a flyover uh, in, in an F-18. So it's, um, they were a little bit early for the, uh, uh, the, national anthem got it right coming back around i actually saw the the uh the footage post game cliff it's funny one of the uh one of the pilots actually did a little loop i don't know if you saw the footage it's on youtube but one of the pilots actually did a loop on, on the first pass it was actually that that was pretty cool that's very cool yeah <laughs> um Obviously, you know, as you said, they had the, the pregame show. Um, and obviously, I have to ask you about it because I know you were you're very psyched about it because that was one of the big, uh, you know, uh, pushing points for, for this game itself. But I uh, mean, the halftime show. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But uh, what, what were your thoughts on, uh, on OLP? My God. I mean, I, once again, everybody knows I'm extremely biased towards them. So anything I'm going to say is going to be just glowing and positive, but it truly was spectacular to see the way the stage was set up in the end zone, so yeah. to speak. Uh, basically taking out like what it was typically known as the beer garden, mm-hmm. like before they would have like kiosks and places. And it was sort of a social area for fans to go as well. But for this one particular game, they decided to make a whole stage out of it. And I, I, once we got access to the field to be able to, to take a part of it, I made a beeline like just I was pretty much dead center, which I, I was so stoked about. I was literally feet away from Rain Meta and the boys, and woo! I mean, and then they started right away. That was the, the beautiful part too. Like the minute felt like as, as soon as they hit zero and the players headed off to the locker room, it's like okay, everybody gets on the field right away, and then right away he just jumps right into the music mm-hmm. and. Uh, wow, and I, I'm pleasantly surprised they managed to crank out quite a few hit songs. Not not played it to completion, of course, because I mean that that alone would take an hour easily, and you really you really had 15 minutes technically. Probably, they, I think they did extend it a little bit more just to make sure that they got all the all their music in. Mm-hmm. But played played enough played enough of the hits that got everybody excited and stoked. Uh, even had a little pyrotechnics as well uh, going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a really great atmosphere. They sounded a fantastic live. Uh, even the drummer was wearing an Alouette's uh, uh, jersey, which yep, nice little touch. Yep, yep. And, no, it, and it everybody just... seemed to stay. As I mentioned, I mentioned in in uh, our Facebook live, 
uh, sorry, in our <laughs> flight deck live, the, um, most of the crowd stayed. Very few so, people got up. That's pretty cool. I mean, when you when you when you think about it, because you know, I know I know only a certain, a certain number of people were allowed onto the field, and I get that. But the fact that if you're if you're talking about that, most of the fans stayed in their seats and watched performance. That's incredible as well. And why wouldn't you? Because I mean that they put on such a great show. I mean, the fact that you're getting the show included in with a, a football game is. I mean, it makes a good thing even better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. Have you gone back and seen what they showed on the actual broadcast yet? I, I haven't. So I don't know what, what how much they showed of OLP. No, I, I didn't see, if anything. So uh, I, I know I know the Alwitz did release a, make, uh, send out a press release saying that they, in, in conjunction with their broadcast partners, they would not be showing any any of the footage or very like you wouldn't be see they wouldn't be showing it live anyways and oh, i don't okay. i don't know what if anything they may have shown a, a clip at the most but yeah no i i didn't see myself anything okay okay interesting um yeah uh, uh but great atmosphere it's funny how all the cfl a lot quite a few cfl teams are actually having a big name uh, people can and play either pre, post, or during uh, the game this season. So far, I mean, we got some huge names actually coming up in I think out west this week. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but all in all, I mean, you know, for you know twenty thousand eight hundred and sixty five people as an announced attendance. I mean, that's the largest crowd for our home opener since twenty sixteen, which is an uh, amazing in itself. Um. The crowd was in it. Uh, the music was on point. Uh, people tried to start up the, the the firefly effect again. I heard supposedly on more or less on our side versus from what we saw on the other side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were just they were really into it. And obviously the the plus is that they they left happy by seeing the Alouettes knock off the Ottawa Red Blacks nineteen to twelve. And I had totally forgotten about this, by the way. Coming into the game, Ottawa had won 10 of 11. Mm. Since Ottawa's been born, the Red Blacks have been been born. It was 10 of 11. They'd won in Montreal. Yeah. (laughs) So. And and let's not forget, too, this was the the return of both uh, Kahari Jones and Baron Miles, who mm -hmm. this time last year were the Offensive and defensive coordinators, respectively, for the Montreal Alouettes, mm-hmm. as well as Kahari being a head coach, of course. Yeah. But you had to think revenge had to be on their mind just a little bit. That you had to think that they wanted badly to show up the Alouettes and you know, let them know that they made a horrible mistake by letting those guys go. And as a result, uh, I mean, the offensive output. Well, I mean, this, all the scoring was done by special teams for the Red Blacks. Uh, Lewis Ward kicked four field goals. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, that was that was it. the The defense did a very good job in this game, and uh, you know, to be able to hold them for a a non offensive touchdown shutout, very good. Uh, I mean, it wasn't all good and bad. Obvious. I mean, it wasn't all good for the Owls. I mean, but the the pauses themselves. Cody Fitzgerald, I think, did pretty good to start. I'm sure he'll get it to going, especially when we, if we can get some of our regulars out there. Because you know, we were, again, I haven't been able to get the stats, but I could swear that this was the youngest wide receiver core for the Alouettes in in decades for one mm. game. In decades. Yeah. So, 
and, and Cody was slinging the ball too. Like he was heaving some bombs out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, that's the thing. It's something we had missed. It's funny. It's something we really had missed from Trevor. Nope. I mean, that's the thing with Trevor Harris. He was once in a while you'd see a a, a nice long touchdown from him, but his bread and butter was uh, dink and dunk. And and you know, it, hey, if it works, it works. But people want to see a little razzle dazzle and. I know people don't typically think of Cody Fajardo as necessarily the razzle dazzle type, but I mean, he, he wanted to make a good first impression and just that first series, he, the bomb he heaved to Austin Mack yeah. to, to set up what would be eventual touchdown where Cody walked into the end zone. Outstanding. Like, and that just got everybody hyped right there and then. And, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, first of all, Austin Mack, where was he last year? It wasn't here, but <laughs> he's here now. And as I said, and still, by the way, repl- still trying to find out where he ranks for rookies, Alouette's rookies and CFL rookies for their very first game when it comes to yardage. Still trying to get the answer. Once I do, I will put, make sure I put it out on social. So, yeah, we'll keep trying because right now CFL is just dropping the ball. Up well, right no, no, no. We, it, being able to reach out to Steve Daniel is a huge plus for me. So that's that's who I've gone to. And again, I understand he's busy with all the stuff that he's doing, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get that information out and at least try to find out where he ranked. So, but still, yeah, I, he has, he stepped in very, very nicely. Again, 120 yards on, uh, on four receptions. Almost had that one TD. Almost, almost, almost. Mm. Um, but, yeah. but still. Yeah, no, and unfortunately that was about it. Like if, if you were looking for touchdowns, folks, you were going to be disappointed by this game because there was truly only one and the rest was uh, David Cote and Lewis Ward kicking field goals. And you know, it happens. I mean, if you like defensive football, this was a great game for you. If you want touchdowns of plenty, then yeah, I can see how you would think this game was kind of meh, meh, you know, kind of okay ish at best. But I mean, listen, I, I love a good defensive battle. Siante Evans, Holy cow, this oh, guy yeah. was on one. Mm-hmm. Not one, but two interceptions. Hello. <laughs> just, now, mind you, Nick Arbuckle had no business throwing either of those long balls. And I think he almost knew it. Just the minute the ball left his hands, like, oh, this is not going to end well. And sure enough, like, Siante was able to just track them down easily, mm-hmm. way too easily. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, it's... It bodes well for us, man, because it's, I mean, we've always said it. We're wondering how the, with all the, you know, losses that we had in the offseason, how we were going to do. And so, so again, it is only one game. I get that. But still. You know, so, um, Cody Fajardo, 14 to 21, 261 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. No passing touchdowns, you mean? Because uh, he did run. Sorry, correct. Yeah. And by the way, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. Were you surprised that he took that? Because obviously in the years past, we have had either our second or third stringer. Obviously, Davis Alexander or now, or now it would be um, uh, Caleb Evans doing those plays. But mm-hmm. it was Cody. Do you think that's something that we're going to see more of down the line? I guess we'll see because, yeah, we, we sort of assume that it would be uh, Caleb Evans doing uh, short yardage duty. Uh, but even there's even like one quarterback sneak that Fajardo did up by his by himself, yeah. and he got it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's just a matter of because he didn't play very much in the preseason that maybe he felt he wanted he wanted all the reps. Like, 
Maybe you know, we, we saw we kind of saw what happened in in the Edmonton game when it came to it trying uh, with a backup quarterback doing trying to get a single yard for a touchdown. But anyways, I digress. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so I, I guess the, the lesson here is, folks, if you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself. Exactly. Uh, awesome act did lead the team, as, as I mentioned before. Uh, four receptions, 120 yards. Uh, then it was uh, Kayon Julian Grant with a with another uh, with an amazing catch of his own for 51 yards. He had two receptions for 62 yards. William Stanbeck. See, I I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. How how William has been working to make sure that he's able to get these screen passes out of the backfield. Four mm-hmm. targets, four receptions, 46 yards. You can't complain with that. If that becomes a staple, uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Use him as a double threat. I'm all for it. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Herjimayala uh, her, her had uh, four, uh, three receptions for 30 yards. And then uh, Kashan Abram had uh, one reception for three. Uh, speaking of William Stanbeck, wasn't the best day, but he did look. He did have spurts of, of some pretty cool, uh, some pretty good running. Uh, he, he was able to tear off one for eighteen yards, but uh, uh, sixteen attempts for forty-two yards, no touchdowns. Um, you know, Joshua Henry had one uh, for six, and then Cody had uh, five for fifteen. Thoughts on on the the use of because I know people were questioning this early in the season and were asking Coach Moss about this, how they were going to use the running backs versus the you know the passing attack. Um, thoughts on how how they did the uh, the percentage of plays between uh, running and passing. I think it was a good balance of the two. Uh, I think that uh, obviously. Ottawa is going to game plan for William Stanback, and as well you should, because again, the guy is one of, if not the top tier running back in this league. So obviously you're going to game plan for him and do whatever you can to try to minimize the damage because you know, he's going to lower his shoulder and do damage no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how much are you willing to let him do to you and credit to Ottawa. Their, their defensive line really stood up uh, there. You know, I, I wouldn't say frustrated Stanback, but he, wasn't able to break off one of those 200-yard games as a result, but uh, I think there was a good balance of both the passing and the uh, and the running attack. But uh, you know, passing seemed to be doing a, just a little bit better. But a lot of it too was just sort of inching downfield, inching downfield, and then settling for three. I mean, if if the Alouettes could have turned at least one or two of those mm-hmm. field goals into touchdowns, and quite frankly, they should have because the receivers were making some jaw-dropping catches, and there's you know. There was just plays being made left, right, and center. Like there, there was stuff that was happening, but just couldn't quite close. Which again, we we saw a lot of that over the past two years. Uh, you know, with uh, uh, th seven at the at the helm, but mm-hmm. now now we got another number seven doing doing the throwing. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully this is just one of those you know working out the last bits of. Uh, as we said, the, the the first regular season game is typically the third preseason game. Yeah. So hopefully this is just a simple matter of Cody just starting to feel things out and just trying to you know you know get the lay of the land if you will and see what he has to work with and I'm hoping now now that he's had a chance to take a look at the film and with the bye week and just sort of properly re-strategize how he wants to go into the next game I think we'll be seeing this uh, this offensive attack open up a little bit more and if we can get, if we can get a few more touchdowns out of it it's going to be huge and. I, I, overall, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. 
as far as offensive output goes, even though there wasn't as many touchdowns as we would have liked, it was still a matter of could have had another touchdown too, but except a penalty called back a a punt return by, uh, uh, by Chandler Worthy. Yeah, that's unfortunate because we, we do love a good house call, but, uh, yeah, penalties, man. (laughs) Yeah. Game one. We'll see what happens. It just have to at least mention Nick Arbuckle through, uh, three interceptions, 176 yards, 19 of 35 leading receiver for the, uh, for the red blacks was former Alouette Quan Bray, uh, three receptions for uh, 58 yards. And, um, uh, Williams had, uh, uh, only at 36 yards rushing for the for the Red Blacks. Yeah, I I will say though that uh, both these defensive lines did a, an outstanding job containing the run game, whether it was for Ottawa or for Montreal. Like both both these D lines definitely played very hard nose football, mm-hmm. and you pretty much had to fight for every yard. That was that was the one thing that I took away more than anything else was there was a lot of fighting just just to try to move the chains and. I think Ottawa was a little less disciplined when it came to penalties, if I'm not mistaken. So that, too, plays a huge factor as well. Uh, I I definitely think uh, as far as positives go, I mean, there's definitely a lot to like with what we saw on the field from Montreal. Uh, The one concern, though, uh, Cody got sacked six times. Mm -hmm. And to me, it looked like the pocket was collapsing around him quite a bit. And that's a very much a concern because... Let's face it, one of the reasons why people were bagging on Fajardo last year was, well, he's constantly sacked or he's got to run for his life, it seems, at every every moment. And a lot of a lot of people were blaming the offensive line in Saskatchewan for his less-than-stellar season. And I said, well, then he's going to be fine in Montreal because I, I can tell you right now, automatically, this offensive line is 10 times better than what he had in Saskatchewan. And this this past Saturday, like there were times where the the Guys were just getting blown up, and unfortunately, Cody had to end up kissing the carpet as a result. Now that, and, that that's true, but the funny thing is that you know we were able to speak with uh, with William Stanbeck uh, after the game, and he admitted something to us. Which after I went went back and watched uh, the footage again from the game itself, you know, he said to us um, that he was the one responsible for three quarters of the sacks; they were on him. Because he, you know, because of a misassignment, a misblock, etc. And you go back, Cliff, and you go and you watch it. It's true. It's very being. It's very interesting to go back and watch something like that, and based on that insight alone. And I think that if it's something that they're able to work on next week, I think the 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 sacks will uh, will come down. You know, will come down drastically. So, yeah. It- you, you have to give your quarterback time to work. You have to give him a pocket in order to make his reads and, and make plays happen. I mean, and, and, and that's what really what it came down to was there was just a lot of times where it looked like like both of his tackles, for example, were just getting blown by. Mm-hmm. And, and Cody ends up on the ground. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. not good. That's just – and it's hard because, as I said, like I, I truly do believe this offensive line is one of the premier lines in the league. I, I, I really do. I, I think that you look at the talent that's on this – uh, offensive line and you, you, you sh- in theory Cody Fajardo should have all day to make his reads and make his throws and be able to make magic happen and there was just as I said at least six times where he just uh, like things were over before they started even because no protection yeah and, and to a man I, I, I give William Sandbeck full points for owning up to it oh, saying listen yeah. that, 
that was on me. That's my bad. Yeah. I, and uh, I remember coming away like really, really impressed that okay, you know, he he owned it. That that's terrific. Like, cause it would be very easy to say, oh, those guys, you know, you know, it's it's a process. Blah blah blah. Just give him time. You know, like, no, he he said no. But it was my fault. He 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 stood up for his guys, and the way that we expect them to stand up for him, and let him do his job, the fact that uh, Stanbeck was able to, you know, kind of fall on the sword, if you will, for the reason why his quarterback kept getting sacked, that that speaks to maturity, that speaks to accountability, which is huge. Something that I've I've, I've said in the past may not have always been there for the Montreal Alouettes, but the fact that. This this man stands up and says, no, no. If you're going to blame somebody, you blame me. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to make these guys better for the experience. And, and obviously, as you said, next week they'll be back at it. No doubt they're going to be, they're going to realize, yeah, we cannot have another game like that where the quarterback gets sacked six times. Everybody has to do better. And I, I guess this is William's way of saying, you know what? It starts with me. It starts with me, and we will get better. Yeah, by all means. I mean, it's... Uh, I was uh, just like you, just coming away with that a little bit of insight. Um, it really spoke volumes. It really, really did. And again, if you haven't seen it, uh, folks, go watch the uh, you know the game highlights on on YouTube, and be, they show most of the sacks, and you'll you'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. Um, I, I will admit though, it, it was hard because there was a couple. Of, I was looking at Nick Calendar, for example. Like I, I thought, oh. You, you should have had that dude like that. But again, uh, you know, for, for a stand back to say what he did, I mean, it, it really does make you look at things in a different perspective. And we even talked to coach Moss about that as well. I said like, what, you know, were you concerned about the fact that the pocket kept collapsing? And he was, he said, no, that this is not what we expect out of our guys and best believe we're going to be working on that. So it, it it's again, it comes down to the accountability and the awareness of, what's around you. And uh, I have to believe whatever steps coach Moss is going to take with his staff to correct these issues and make sure that they only happen once and hopefully not again. I mean, that if that doesn't put your mind to these folks about this hire as head coach, quite frankly, I don't know what will. Any concerns about, again, it's game one, but any concerns with, with the penalties itself? I mean, the Alouettes had eight and Ottawa had three, I think it was. Um, Yeah. Eight and three. (laughs) <laughs> any any real concerns at the moment? I mean, as I said, it's only game one, but this is – it's funny. Over the past two-plus seasons, it's been nothing but talking about penalties, penalties, penalties. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, again, say what you will about Noel Thorpe as a defensive coordinator. Uh, the guy knows he, – he knows defense. He knows – playing to the edge, he gets the most out of his players, whether they, they, they like him or hate him, but he, he knows how to make his players work. But a lot of times, too, like those guys just walk a very fine line when it comes to, to penalties. And, you know, it, it's like anything else. It, you, you take the good with the bad. And, mm-hmm. and I, guess, I guess that's how you got to look at it is, yeah, penalties are going to happen no matter what. And... Just try not to dig yourself too deep a hole. Yeah, I guess that's uh, really what it is. Four of the eight were on defense, which is really a rarity. It's usually yeah, special. It's usually special teams, or it's eight out of eight. Of the yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, again, I'm looking at what they were here. You know, 
Oh, one of the weirdest ones, and I didn't see the actual footage itself uh, for Johnson, number 94, been called for illegal participation because he lost his helmet. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I mean, I under- I can't remember. Was it an interception on that play? It was something for him to continue to go, to go downfield. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I, I want to say, Siante's second pick. It might have. Was that happened? Uh, it happened uh, around five eighteen at the second. Yeah, so that I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that was Siante's uh, second pick. Yeah, so it, I thought that was weird. I thought that was weird. I guess obviously I get it. You know, but it's momentum. It's all momentum. You know, so. Well, once again, first pre uh, first regular season game is the third preseason game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, if you're gonna if you're gonna make mistakes, make them now. This this is the game to make your mistakes, get them out of the way, and go forward. Yeah. If you're making mistakes like this in October, November, then we got a problem. Yes. But this is the time. If you're gonna screw up, screw up now. <laughs> that mm-hmm. way it can be corrected. Yeah. Exactly. At this point, they are teachable moments. When it comes to October, November, they're not so teachable. No, uh, we also you talk about Santa Evans. We got to also mention Najee Murray ha- having a pick also. Oh uh, yes, and he was all over the place too. Like he was just playing like his hair was on fire. I mean, th- this is someone who I've been high on for quite some time now. And you know, last year he unfortunately was uh, bothered with injuries and didn't get a whole lot of action on the field, but. Coming into camp, he he came in with a purpose. Like you could tell, he was he was on a redemption tour of his own. And sure enough, he was he was on one. Just like Siante, he was definitely on one uh, this past Saturday against Ottawa. Yeah, and this was this was really the first time to see Najee um, in place of Adarius Pickett because he was because yeah. he was basically I guess he was given, not necessarily given the position in camp, but I mean it's. You know, he was going to be the heir apparent, I guess we could say now. But so yep. far, again, one game so far, so good. So far, so good. And it's funny. I remember Darius Pickett two years ago in 2021 looked out a place in the secondary. They moved him into the linebacker, the Sam linebacker position, and he excelled to the point where he became the superstar that we, we know him to be. And now it almost feels like deja vu with uh, with Murray, because even though he he didn't look out a place in the secondary – now we're now they're trying him out at the at that linebacker position and does not look out of place. Looks like it was tailor made for him practically. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw the results this past Saturday. I mean, he he looked fantastic. So I'm really encouraged to see what else he can do in this role. And as a veteran of this team, like they're going to be leaning on him quite heavily, especially in replacement of an Adarius Pickett and. To coach up uh, essentially on the field, guys like Tyrell Richards and Brian Harlemana, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see what Najee can do. Uh, Wesley Sutton as well. Uh, he he had a very solid game. Uh, once again, stuff that we expect out of these guys. You, the names that we mentioned, you expect big things out of. And at, while we're talking about Tyrell Richards, yeah, very solid on defense. But man, he he was laying the wood out on specials. I mean, as soon as Devontae Dedman caught the ball, he almost was met immediately by Tyrell Richards. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. That that was just nice. And we expect a lot of him this year. You know, last last year, but bitten by the injury bug, as we had mentioned. But this year, I think he, he's kind of on a redemption tour of his own. I would say there's a lot of guys that I think are on the, on this redemption tour that I keep talking about. And that's great. Uh, it's a matter of showing your worth, proving that you belong on this team, proving that you are that guy. 
I think that's what it is for a lot of these these players is that they want to prove that they belong on this team and they too can become superstars. And it's just a matter of when you're given the opportunity, you got to take it. And I think these guys realize that. And going forward, I definitely see them not just taking opportunities like this, but taking every chance they can to get themselves more film, get themselves involved more in the defense, get themselves more involved in the play, and just making stuff happen. And that, to me, folks, is why I'm very, very excited to see what this defense can do in 2023. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, post-game, besides speaking with William Stanbeck, we are able to speak with a couple of other players. Um, uh it was uh, of the one other ones that we spoke with. Who's the one that really stood out to you the most, and what what was what was mentioned? Uh, definitely William uh, Stanback. As far as as I said, the accountability of owning up for what had happened with the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick Usher was Nick Usher. <laughs> what, what a beaut! Sorry, 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 sorry. Usher, Usher, Usher. There we go. He's gonna look. He's gonna be looking forward to that. Yeah. No, that guy is just absolute beauty. It's just, and you can tell he was having fun. He's he's playing a kids game, and he he's he's loving every second of it. And yep. that that attitude, that mindset is 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 fantastic. Yep. And then there was a Tyson Philpott also that we spoke with, which it sounds like, as everybody knows, even though he was placed on the sixth game, it looks like it will not be a full six game on this. Uh, that sounds so weird, but yeah, it's not going to be a full six game on the sixth game. Um, no, uh, it sounds like it he, will not. Yeah, no, it sounds like he's going to be coming off sooner than later, which which is actually very good to hear. It's very reassuring because, as I said, I spoke to him after the preseason game, and notice he didn't dress, and there was talk of him just going on the one game. I'm like, let's hope it's just the one game. He said, Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be fine, and. Again, I'm all for the Alouettes being extra cautious, making sure that they that one of their star players, who he has become now, is well taken care of and make sure that there's no issues or anything like that. And yes, folks, just because you're put on the six-game list doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be on for six games. The Alouettes could take him off earlier if needed or as they feel that he is ready to go. So here's hoping that that's really all it really comes down to is just being extra precautious and if that's the case then we can breathe a little easier but you can tell he's itching he is itching badly to get out there and continue his sensational campaign from last year mm-hmm. no I, I completely agree with you um one, one thing that was fun with our our post game uh uh chats with everybody when we were talking with coach moss i, I couldn't help but notice like coach you just won your first game as head coach of the alouettes no Gatorade shower. <laughs> and you can tell he was very relieved not to get one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it could, could have been worse. It could have been a, you know, it could have been a slush puppy shower, a slush puppy shower. So it's true. And yeah, that would not be fun. That uh, flavored sugar water, like all, uh, cold and sticky. Yeah. No, that would not be fun. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not the Gatorade showers are all that great. And truthfully, they're not always Gatorade. Sometimes it really is just a big old jug of water. But yeah. I, I can see why Coach Moss probably wouldn't want that. Like, I don't think he was too upset to not get one, but uh, if the Alouettes win the Great Cup, uh, I'm sorry, pal, but you're, you're going to get – I am certain you're going to get one, and it's going to be cold as hell in, no, in November in Hamilton. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, it's one of those things like if you're going to do it, do it now and get it out of the way, but I guess we'll see. 
I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Any other takeaways uh, from the game itself? I mean, as I said, I know we're on a bye week, and I have to at least mention that uh, there will there will not be a show for the for the upcoming game versus the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. So we're not going to have a show on the twenty first. It's because uh, your old pal Tim here is going to be paying homage to uh, to uh, Mon- uh, um, Kilauea. Uh, you know, he's hungry. He's pissed. I got to give him some sort of sacrifice. Um, it isn't going to be me, but I, you know, so I will be, uh, I will be sailing the seas over in the Hawaiian islands for next week. And, uh, we, but we will return for our normally scheduled, uh, podcast, uh, on the 28th to leading up talking about what happened with Re- going into, uh, from the, from the game for, for the, uh, tiger cats. So there will also not be a, uh, a flight deck live, but also leading into, the uh, July 1st home game uh, versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mm-hmm. So any other things did you, did you take away from it? Anything at all? Uh, let's talk about like towards the end of the game, uh, the last series, when uh, Ottawa turned the ball over on downs and essentially sealed the victory for the Alouettes. First of all, during the entire offensive or defensive series, the crowd truly turned things up to another level. Mm-hmm. Like I, I talk about it being in the Thunderdome. Like it got loud. You got the lights going. You got the the cheering, the screaming, the air horns, which I know everybody loves. They, they don't want to admit it, but they love those air horns. Oh yeah. Yep. And just the absolute noise. And then you can see the players also too encouraging everybody, make the noise, make you know, just get everybody getting hyped up, getting excited. And I truly think it helped make that difference. And as we see Ottawa they took three cracks at it and just couldn't get the job done. But the best part was after that, uh, on, during the turnover on downs, what happened? The one thing that we always want, <laughs> the one thing that is, as far as I'm concerned, and should be a tradition at Montreal Alouettes games, John Denver's Country Roads. Mm-hmm. But hold on. Being able to play it and everybody getting into it, was fantastic because they started playing the music and you see people, people are starting to sing along. And just as the Alouettes were about to snap the ball and essentially get, go into victory formation, they stopped just before the chorus and all 20,000 plus sang along mm-hmm. and didn't stop. They sang the whole song to completion. Well, the, the, the whole chorus, I should say, to completion. Yeah. And it was magical. It was epic. It was, it was the cherry on top of the Sunday, as far as I was concerned. Oh yeah, it was. It was again. It, it's sort of like what the the reaction was for when OLP was playing at halftime. Uh, that brings you know that that's so much of the atmosphere at Percival Molson, especially when you're able to to get into it because it's you know I hate you know half of it you know partial partial you know partial of it being played and then only being able to sing that or not even getting to the court. It's like come on, but it was so it was amazing and I hope it continues, man. You know whether if we can continue twenty plus throughout the year, uh, let's get up to you know next goal is twenty one. Let, let's do this. Let, you know let, let's again we should. Look look at the next home game. As I said, so much there's so much to going on for the next home game. Not only is it Canada Day, not only is it Family Day and five dollar tickets. It's also the uh, unveiling of the new third jerseys for the very first time. Again, and it's on a Saturday, so let's mm-hmm. let, let's do it again. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, our lead piece won't be performing, unfortunately. No. But I tell you what, folks, if you were at the game, that's the kind of atmosphere we want. That's the kind of atmosphere we, we've come to expect and we should be expecting each and every game day. And, and with all the great things that the Alouettes have planned so far, I, I mean, you owe it to yourself to come back and experience it again because there's really nothing like it. And this team, when they're motivated and they're playing the way they are, I mean, there is no better place, as far as I'm concerned, to watch football than a personal Molson Stadium. And I think if you were there, if you were there live, you you saw, you felt that atmosphere. And I want to believe that a lot of people that were there fully agreed and said, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This is amazing. I want to be a part of it. When's the next game? I'm buying tickets. Mm-hmm. And I, I sincerely hope that we, we get close to that 20,000 again, if not surpass it. Because as you said, it, it the, there's so many reasons why not. It's a holiday weekend, uh, oh, Saturday night. $2 hot dogs too now. I, oh. just re- I just read that now. $2 hot dogs. Oh, geez. There you go. $2 hot dogs. They should still sell. Uh, so they should still have some of the Alouette's beer. I mean, what a great combo right there. Yeah. I mean, and we will have to try one of those, uh, one of those uh, chili bowls. That's one of the things. Cause I, I, dude, you would not believe how many people I saw how were, were partaking inputs in. It was, it was from the pool pork puts in to the other puts in. I was like, I can only imagine how much they saw it. And I was without the helmets. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, you don't need a helmet to enjoy puts in. That's, <laughs> that's great. So yeah. listen, I mean, the idea is to have a little something for everybody. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much slush puppy was sold either because I know that they were making such a deal about them being a, a sponsor. Uh, I actually didn't yeah. see how much they, that's one thing I didn't do was to see how much they were charging for a slush puppy. Mm. But we know how much see? they were charging for the beer. 13, right. thir- 13 bucks. Yeah, and listen, that's unfortunately the the cost of everything's going up, and that includes you know food and drink. But mm-hmm. but still, I mean, overall, the atmosphere at Percival Molson Stadium this past Saturday was nothing short of electric. And I truly think if if the Alouettes can maintain that that mo- keep that momentum going, yes, winning football games will help tremendously. If, if somehow the Alouettes can go into that game two and zero. That'd be huge, especially going up against Winnipeg as well, who we know is essentially the the class of the league, mm-hmm. and that doesn't look to be changing anytime soon. No, uh, but if if we can bring that same energy, that same excitement to the game on Canada Day, I, I I'd be thrilled. I would truly be thrilled to see that. And if they do that, and still get that same crowd and same energy and everything like that. And somehow the Alouettes find a way to beat the Blue Bombers, and it just keeps on going, yep. and it keeps going, and it, it, that's that's how these things build. They snowball from there. Exactly, exactly. Um, we will still be giving away a pair of the uh, uh, the Sport Buff Flight Crew seats, so stay tuned for that. Um, it may be run a little bit. Um, maybe I can set it up to run. Uh, the contest to run before uh, before I leave or when I just get back, but it will be probably be run a little bit later than what it normally would be. So stay tuned. Um, but again, uh, I'm curious to see what these what these guys are able to do versus the Tiger Cats. Uh, it's uh, again, I'm looking forward to it, and obviously leading up to the uh, July 1st game um, versus Winnipeg. So uh, yeah, at least uh, it, it's always tough a bye week, especially after. With everything that they've, the Elwoods have done to build this up, 
it's almost kind of cruel to go into a bye week because it almost feels like you're stopping the momentum just as it's starting to get going. But it, it's really going to be on the team now to at least take that memory of what they did this past Saturday against Ottawa and bring it to Hamilton. Bring that energy. Bring that that mindset, that that championship mindset already mm-hmm. to there. Because, again, Hamilton is going to be a tough place to play this year. I know... Currently, the, uh, the the Tiger Cats were 0-1 after getting uh, in, in a thrilling battle with the Blue Bombers. But they're going to be motivated. And we'll see how they do against Toronto this week. But, uh, I mean, they could be 0-2 when Montreal comes in. Or they could be 1-1. and And that, too, could truly affect how, how things go for, for the Alouettes. So, I mean, it'll be a good test and uh, a game that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing as well. And... All this, all this to say that if, if somehow, some way, the Alouettes can come into Canada Day 2-0 and facing the defending Western Division champions in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it's going to be fun. It's just going to be so much fun. And, folks, if you don't have your tickets yet, if you, if you weren't convinced at the, the show, the event that you were at this past Saturday, my God, I, I don't know what it's going to take at this point, but get your tickets. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like, this is a team that is built to compete and definitely provide entertainment no matter what on and off the field this team is geared towards entertaining the hell out of you and give you the best bang for your entertainment buck exactly hey want to comment on on this show or any of the previous shows we've had or maybe our 200th episode special um you can reach out to us on email. You can reach me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can reach Cliffy at cliffyd.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Again, a reminder, there will not be a show next week for the 21st, but we will return um, again after I've uh, I've pleased the gods and, get, and given them some sort of sacrifice over in Hawaii. So, uh, Please not your wife. No, 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 no. She's safe. She is safe. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna run into the Rock either. Maybe, maybe I run into the Rock. Ooh. You know, e- either him or his or his Maui character. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows what's gonna happen? You know, but it's not gonna be Tim versus the volcano. And if anybody gets that deep cut, I applaud you. <laughs> and make sure you take some ibuprofen because your back must be sore. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> there we go. Hey, we appreciate you, everybody, and Cliffy Day. I know you'll you'll do a good job run, running uh, keeping uh, keeping the ship uh, afloat while I'm gone. So uh, again, enjoy uh, your time. Uh, enjoy your week off, everybody. We will be back uh, again on the 28th. So for everybody here at the Alex Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Aloha. We're on final approach. Take- Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.